Thank you to our Patreon supporters of June 2019. Jacqueline M., Matt J., Nathan E., Paul and Sandy J., and Big Time Jim. Help support the show by going to patreon.com slash whatremember. Pledging a $3 amount gets your name read at the beginning of all of our episodes and gets exclusive content that you can't get on our normal feed. And help support the show. Patreon.com slash whatremember. Thanks. Star Wars. <laughs> Let's just talk about Star Wars without Andy. <laughs> Episode one. <laughs> the Phantom Menace. He'd be so bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best one, the Phantom Menace. <laughs> a a vengeable seal. <laughs> My name is Bradley Jones. My name is Andrew Moldenhauer. And this is not a movie review podcast, but a podcast where we try to remember a movie that we haven't seen in a very, very long time. This is what we remember about Coneheads. Were there two or three bad guys in Home Alone? Who was that forgetful fish in Finding Nemo? Join us as we're watching films. See what we remember and what memories we Kill. Let's start the show. Here we go. This is what we remember. My first thought is that everybody's in this movie. <laughs> Everybody for messing up. Cameo City. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Come on down to Cameo City. We got we got your hardware. We got your David Allen Greer. We got your Tim Meadows. We got your David Spade. We got your Chris Farley. We got your <laughs> Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah. You got your uh, Dan Aykroyd. Main guy. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Who's the girl? Jane? Jane. Jane Curtin. Jane Curtin. Curtin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say Jane Lynch. You knew because there's no curtains under my windows in this yeah, room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what Everyone's looking in at us right now. <laughs> it triggered you because there's no You didn't curtains. put up those Jane Curtins. <laughs> Jane's Curtin curtains. Which everyone would know her from Third Rock from the Sun. Yeah. And if you haven't heard and that, SNL, then no one would have heard her. Mm-hmm. SNL, she was a big part of SNL. She, well, she was the she was original, original cast, cast member. Yeah, mm-hmm. wonderful, wonderful, funny lady. Mm-hmm. She was in the Conehead sketch. That's why, and that's why she's in. That's this why movie. she's here. Yeah. There's also a late a girl. They have a daughter. They have a daughter, but she's not like she's didn't become she's not famous, really anything. But she's yeah. a, she was a babe. She's pretty. She's a very pretty girl. She's pretty for having a cone head. Oh, with no I hair. Get, I think with even with the cone head. Well, she's she's yeah, she's definitely pretty with the conehead. She's definitely uh, making it work. Yeah, conehead or no conehead, she's a pretty lady. Is all I'm trying to yeah try to get at. Almost to the point where Chris Farley is cool with it. He wants to he's, he's he wants, it up. Mm-hmm. but that's later. Yeah, spoiler. <laughs> we gonna talk about a movie on this podcast? Yeah, give details about it. That's uh-huh. not what we're here for. Uh huh. What's the first scene of this film? Well, does so they're aliens, obviously. Yeah, they're from the planet Coneheadio or Conehead planet, something like yeah. that. Yeah, planet Cone. Now, are they being sent? They're being sent down to Earth to mix with the Earthlings. I think that their ship is um, malfunctioning, or oh, the crash land. They got attacked by an evil race, or yeah, I think it's a crash land situation. So Be- they must have crash landed. Oh, right, and then they have no way of contacting. Mm. The mothership. Well, they do, but it's going to take like 30 years for them to get a, a person sent to them to pick them up. 
No, is he working? He, but he's working on like some machine to be able to contact them or something. It's inside the spaceship, I, I would think. Okay. M- maybe they do build one. You're because he works at like a Radio Shack or some sort of kind yeah. of thing. I think he does build some sort of conductor to make that happen. He's trying to work on it, but they don't have the technology that's needed to make it work the way it needs to. No, they do. Oh, they do. He, he, but he has to have like, Radio Shack. Yeah, you can get everything at Radio Shack. Oh yeah, in the nineties, <laughs> they got they got it all. <laughs> But the movie either opens very shortly or soon after with a black and white film kind of montage. Film reel. Film reel montage. Yeah, of, home video. Of them and uh, Connie growing up and becoming a Conehead family. So they must have landed there in the 70s then. Because, or 80s. Because now, yeah. now it's the 90s. They've yeah. been there for a little while. So she's probably turning 18 or just turned 18 or she's 17 or something. Well, yeah. She, well, because she goes to her prom at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. So she's 17, 18. Yeah. And I do know that they play that uh, Paul Simon song, Kodachrome, at how, the very how does beginning that go? of the... How does that song go? Kodachrome, they give us the nice oh, white yeah. colors. They give us the greens of summer. Makes you think all that is the, song that plays. the world's a sunny day. Oh, yeah. And it's just funny because like uh-huh. cone the cone heads are just having like a fun time, but there are also like elements of them being aliens in the background, and they're they're fi- accepted though they're fish in... out of water right at the start, but then there's like awkward yeah. moments. Yeah, but there's something interesting. Like no one ever really like asks them if they're aliens or why their heads are misshapen or anything like that. Well, they're from France. Is that what they? That's their cover. They come from that's France. Their cover story. <laughs> We come from France. <laughs> oh, right. I even forgot that they sounded like that. I am Feldar Conehead. <laughs> and what's the girl's name? Um, Veldar. Mm. Veldar. Is it Beldar? Veldar? Veldar is his Veldar? Mm-hmm. I thought they always say Beldar. Veldar. You're thinking of Beltire. Beltire. I might get her name at some point during the podcast, but I don't have it right now. Yeah. Okay. I'm Connie and Veldar. Con- okay. Okay. Because yeah. they say those names a lot. So, but he, so he's working at this Radio Shack. Well, I think he, uh, before that. I'm trying to even think, like, how, what's the plot of this to movie? To get into this, well, there's. <laughs> what starts this so, off? So Kevin McKeon and David Spade. Michael McKeon. Michael McKeon and David Spade. They work are, for the FBI? Or, the, like, the the green card company? They're working, immigration? Immigration. No. They're trying to, like, deport him because he's. Like off the, he's just a weird guy, mm-hmm. and they just like keep an eye on him, or they just know something's up. Yeah. Something ain't right with this guy, but we don't have anything to get him on. Is he overstaying his visa? No, not yet, not mm-hmm. yet. I think the movie starts with them getting like fake IDs and like a bunch of stuff set up right out of the gate. Yeah, but they're already pretty established in this world already. Um, because that's I think that's what the film reels kind of doing is just like yeah I forget when that rolls I think all this there's a few things that happen before that film reel rolls and it's just them getting their IDs and getting like set up and okay figuring it out like what are we gonna do on this planet and they just kind of go through the motions of becoming part of the society oh I see what you mean yeah I think you're right and then there's a moment where they're like gonna bing bong okay and then they do the film reel thing where it's like she's pregnant. And it's like a, like a cone. There's like a cone oh. coming out of her belly. Oh, yeah. Like a baby. And her belly's probably glowing or something yeah. like that. <laughs> something weird. <laughs> it's emitting some light. Mm-hmm. And they... It, uh, okay. 
And they are weird. They they sleep standing up, right? Yeah. Yeah. And there's imprints of their bodies in the mattresses oh, with the God. with the cone Ooh. cut out and everything. Okay. And they also go sleep like like that. So they have sleep apnea. Maybe something. <laughs> they have, they have cr- conehead conehead apnea. Well, they have um insane teeth too. They have they like do. super they have sharp, sharp teeth. jaws teeth. Yeah. Because eventually. Uh, Veldar gets them capped at some point, and oh, he just has like yeah. rows and rows and rows of teeth, which is frightening to <laughs> look I, at. I think the dentist is a cameo too. I'm not sure who he is. Yeah, but, but his mouth is like open wide. He's like, ah, eh. yeah. like wider. Ah, his mouth gets super it, scary. He opens and wide. it. Yeah, it's enormous. Yeah, it's too too much. Too many teeth. <laughs> There's too many teeth in there. <laughs> I've just thought about this. This is kind of a weird moment for Dana Aykroyd's career because, like, he was doing a couple bad movies, and then like he was also in a couple like Oscar-nominated movies. Like, he's in Driving Miss Daisy, which won Best Picture, but then like his career wasn't really seeming to go anywhere. And then this movie kind of feels like it's um, it's like a back to like what made him popular in the first place because like his you know start on SNL. It's comedy stuff, yeah. I think My Girl probably came out like after this, but he'd also played like a uh, relatable dad. Right, because he's in, uh, what's that movie? My Stepmom's an Alien, mm-hmm. which is like Great Outdoors. a terrible movie. Oh, I forgot about The Great Outdoors. I enjoy My Stepmother's an Alien, but it's probably bad in retrospect. Yeah. But as a kid, it was fun. Yeah. Well, there's a pretty good How This Get Made. Yeah. Where they just destroy it. Mm-hmm. But it's good, though. Yeah. Because Kim Basinger's a babe. Oh, that'll save a movie (laughs) (laughs) okay so um so they're trying i think they're get soon they're gonna be picked up and going home yeah and the one guy that um the guy that they're waiting for who's like the leader of the coneheads Uh uh-huh He's, a, he's that famous guy who's in um uh he's one of the the SETV skets. Yeah, he's one of the um, not Rick Moranis. Yeah. But you the know, other guy yeah. from Strange Brew. Strange Brew. Yep. I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what his Bob McKenzie, Doug McKenzie. There you it, go. He's, he's Bob or, or Doug. I forget which one's Rick Moranis. <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. But he's Bob, I think. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's like the leader of the the group. But I feel like that's like way ahead in the future. Yes. It's hard to tell what happens in this movie. <laughs> well, I think I know he plays golf. That's like everyone kind of has their own thing that they're doing. Yeah. Dan Aykroyd's kind of playing his way up the ladder, maybe in some sort of like management position, or he's just very good at things, and everyone's kind of jealous of him. And my first like thought about like the overarch- overarching uh, idea in the in the movie is that they become comfortable living as like americans or earthlings humans yeah and um the idea of like going back even though they wanted that like they kind of by the end they don't really want to go back well they really don't want to go back when connie like pleads for them not to go back because she because she she only knows the world of being a human she's she never she's never stepped foot on the conehead planet right all these traditions are just kind of odd to her right and she's so different she she has different teeth she talks different Mm -hmm. she's not like them no She's super. She has like the same like high intelligence, yeah, and like some of the weird mannerisms and things. But which I guess is interesting because it's kind of like the story of like a first generation American, yeah, yeah, immigrant parents and you feeling like kind of disconnected from both sides. Like 
you're an immigrant, but also like you're more American than you are um, wherever your parents come from. And so like there's there's not quite uh, a connection to either side. Like you're mm-hmm. kind of like She's, you're, yeah, you're dipping your in toes between. in both. Yeah, in, in both waters. Mm-hmm. But she has friends. She's like a popular girl. People don't even really like call her out for having a weird cone head if they do they're jerks and she beats them up which i think happens at one point where mm-hmm. like some guy starts to get fresh with her in like a car mm. like feels her head up and like maybe it's even chris farley but he like goes tries to go too far or something like that yeah yeah and, and do you know how they um how they have sex well they put little wreaths on their head <laughs> little yeah. cone head Christmas wreaths. <laughs> they do. And they touch cones. They touch cones. And Dan Aykroyd and Jane Curtin see see them touching cones. Mm. And it's a big deal. So like they touch cones. Uh-huh. You got like a cone head and a an earthling touching touching yeah. cone to forehead. Is there so like is she it's feeling like something? Inter gender, interracial, interspecies mingling of some yeah. kind. Yeah. I mean, she, like she my only Chris thought Farley. would be like it would it would be like someone putting their their penis on like someone's ear, Ooh. <laughs> right? Like oh, like they're not quite like come how on. do you have sex that way? We were, we She's were... having sex her way, <sighs> and he can't have sex that way. You made this a dirty podcast, <laughs> okay? Dirty pop. <laughs> but they originally meet because Chris Farley is a mechanic, and oh. her car needs to get fixed. Even though she kind of like knows what's wrong with it and can fix it or whatever, she plays. Cute and coy because she's not supposed to leave too much about how smart she is. Is Chris Farley kind of like a bad boy? Because he's wearing a leather jacket throughout most of the movie. Yeah, he's kind, he's kind of like a motorcycle yeah, type guy, but like also kind of kind of doofy Chris Farley. There's a song that they sing in the car. That's a super popular song that was trying to kind of do like a Wayne's World thing. Oh. I forget what song it was now. Okay, but it's a super popular song from the from 1993. No, from like the eighties, I think. Oh, and they like they're jamming out to the car. She has a sunroof. She sticks her little cone head out the sunroof. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So does Veldar. He's got a little moonroof for his cone stick out. Now, does like the the wife? Yeah, is she like a part of like a book club or something like that? I or think a she. Mom's the group? only thing I know she does in the film is she catches some floozy, which is played by Jane Hooks. In the movie. Who? Jane Hooks from Designing Women. And she's... Nope. Give me another one. From, <laughs> Jane uh, Hooks? Yeah. She's from SNL, like early 90s SNL. Uh, she passed okay. away pretty recently. Oh. And she's flirting with Veldar. She's wearing like tight leopard print and is kind of like trashy and like okay. keeps trying to make moves on Veldar. Yeah. And then Jane Curtin gets like super jealous of her and they have is like... He, is he cheating? He, at one point it comes he doesn't really want to it's kind of awkward the oh. way it all works out she's definitely like pushing herself onto him yeah and he doesn't want anything of it but okay but at, in the mind of jane Curtin, she's like you stay away from my man yeah but she's aggressive jane hooks who <laughs> i still don't know <laughs> i can't think of who that is jane hooks jane hooks dang it's not hooking me you didn't watch a lot of 90s snl you know, I, it's a weird thing. I didn't really watch any SNL until, like, high school. I watched a lot more of the Mad TV, which is, like, dumb. Dumb in comparison. Um, but, like, it was, like, raunchier and dirtier and, and like, dumber. And I don't know, as, like, a kid. Phil Hartman, though, was so good on it. He, well, Nick yeah. Nick Myers was so good on it. So funny. Yeah, I... 
like the early '90s was considered like the best time for SNL. Yeah, I think it's just what your generation grew up with. I yeah, think that's like what the consideration is because I think people would say like the Will Ferrell, like Sherry O'Terry, Tim Meadows group was also like really sure. good. But it's like what generation? Well, did there's you like have? phases too. Like I know that I I remember like doing a lot of research into SNL because I just kind of like went through like the Wikipedia wormhole. And they said, like, 93 was, like, a particularly bad year because the cast was just way too big. And so mm-hmm. there's, like, too much too much writing, um, not enough uh, uh, skit and roles for all of the people and cast members to play in each scene. So, like, it was just, like, too much. And, and also, at the same time, like, uh, just, I, I don't know, like, uh, you, you didn't get to see, like, consistency each week. A lot of egos that yeah. like, were on the verge of, like, breaking out. And most of them were the men. A lot of the women didn't really break out from that that generation, which is kind of sad. It took, you know, Kristen Wiig and Tina Fey, like, in the later generations for women to finally, like, Find hey, their... we're good on SNL, too. Right, right. I'm Find trying to think, group. like, was there a female person in, like, the... In, like, the 80s? I mean, like, Gilda Radner, obviously, oh, yeah. was, like, the biggest one. Without a doubt. Um, that I can think of. But then, like, after her, because she wasn't on there for too long, like, there's no one throughout the 80s that I could really think of that was, like, a female who really... SNL breakout star. Took the torch, yeah. Like, Molly Shannon later on was mm-hmm. pretty big. Yeah, that's the same generation of mm-hmm. amazing women. Definitely Kristen Wiig, like you were saying. Mm-hmm. But Jane Hooks was one, was probably the one I'd say was, like, the biggest star of that early 90s SNL. And because she was with them, they, she got put in this film. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Is uh, is Dana Carvey in this movie? I think Phil Hartman might have like a role as like one of the golf buddies or something. Okay. I don't think we got a Dana Carvey, but this definitely exists because of the popularity of Wayne's World. Sure. They're just trying to find SNL properties that they can. Hey, Wayne's World was really good. What else? We what else we got? Right. Oh, the right. Stuart Smalley movie. Oh, the Pat movie. It's Pat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, those uh, are two big misses. Ladies Man. Yeah, that didn't yeah. do well at all. I, wanted, I always wanted to see Ladies Man, but I just never. Did. I love Tim Meadows. <laughs> I thought it, it might be funny. I don't know. It, I've never it seen it. Might be. Out of all those, it probably holds up. I think Night of the Roxbury. Night of the Roxbury is like one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Definitely, it's sad that Andy's not here, but um, <laughs> that movie, him and I watched maybe like 10 to 15 times in a row. <laughs> it wasn't exactly an SNL movie, but that Chris Kattan film where he's like on the in the mob, Corky Romano. Oh, God. <laughs> Honestly, I didn't even really see that. I've seen some scenes, but yeah. I know it's bad. Yeah. I know it's bad. Mm-hmm. Chris Kattan didn't really, uh, he didn't really have a career after snl wow don't get you know don't pile on he was Chris in like Kattan. two movies and I then can... no one really wanted to cast him in anything yeah although well, i when he was in snl he was hilarious he was on a tv show um that was on abc really that i forget what it was on for a long time it was the one with jane levy i don't know, remember what it was called but middle something i don't know hmm. middle of the road it was on for a long time it was on for like five <laughs> five to seven years or something but huh. so he got his uh Second run there. Good for him. Yeah. Good for him. Uh-huh. Sorry, Chris. Mm-hmm. And you know, Home Alone 4. Was he in that? Yeah, he plays Marv and... No, I'm thinking of French Stewart. You're thinking of French Stewart. <laughs> yeah. Who is kind of like Chris Kattan. Yeah. <laughs> in my, my brain there. You do a face swap, but you don't know the difference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would be the same face. So other things I remember about this movie... I know that Veldar doesn't have a butt crack. He just has like two okay. little horns on the back of his thing because he goes to take a shower in the golfing. 
thing. And he just like walks out and it's just like all butt. All butt. All butt, no crack. No crack. <laughs> no crack, no hole. So it's kind of like a Ken doll. <laughs> yeah, but reverse. Where the I think Ken has a butt. Oh, does he? I'm pretty sure Ken has a butt. Oh, okay. Okay, I don't know what Ken doll. <laughs> <laughs> okay, reverse Ken doll. Yeah, reverse Ken doll. <laughs> uh, David Spade and Michael McKeon are like hot on the track of like figuring it out that they're not from France. Mm-hmm. Um, and David Spade's character, like the only thing I remember is he's a total suck up. Yeah. The entire time. Yeah. Because he's sucking up to Michael McKeon all the time, and then later on when they're captured and they're brought to the planet, mm-hmm. he's sucking up to the main <laughs> it's the really main funny. alien it's guy, really and, funny. It, and it works. Yeah. It works. <laughs> it's a good payoff for yeah. him. <laughs> for that character just to always be the suck up. And yeah. The, the, just always reinforcing the decision no matter what it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm going to be honest. I can't really think of what happens up until... The yes. the prom night, yeah, and where, where Chris Farley and Connie are doing really well, and they get brought back up into space. Yeah, well, they're about to go to prom, and I don't. They're gonna go to prom because Connie's rocking up. Oh, because they're they're gonna have sex. I think. I think that's when they have sex. I don't know if they ever have sex or not. But. Well, they they were about to. Oh, okay. And then I think um, that's when the ship comes in yeah. to take them all back. I think they're all on like a street. It's kind of like a big yep. deal. Like every yep. character in the movie sort of comes out of the bushes to see them get called back up into the uh, the Conehead world. Right, because I think Michael McKeon and David Spade grab onto them and mm-hmm. get lifted up with them yeah. onto the tractor ship. Yeah, tractor beam style. Tractor beam style. I'm not sure if they're going against their will or not. I'm not sure if like Veldar... Like, I think they knew this day was coming where they were going to get picked up. But it might even, like, they were like, oh, we're going to be 10 years earlier. Mm-hmm. And Veldar was like, oh, okay, well, I got all this stuff going on in my life. I guess we got to figure it out. Yeah. And it's just sort of like a rush to get ready to get picked up and go home. And, right. Con- and Connie wants to stay, but they they go. But I'm not sure if it's against their will or not. If they're getting, like, Does, sucked Chris, up. Chris Farley doesn't go with them, I don't think. No, he just, like, screams from a car about how much he loves Connie. Yeah. Because, to be yeah. honest, that's the best that Chris Farley's gonna get as that character. You think so? In this Coneheads film. Oh, yeah. Connie's a yeah. babe. He's a dumb, loof, goof, yeah. mechanic see, guy. See, the problem is that I, <laughs> I just think Chris Farley is just playing Chris Farley in the movie, in a way. And Chris Farley is a lovable guy. Yeah. So I could see him, I could see him getting someone better, but... Nah. Connie's, Connie's but a, maybe not a in knockout. This movie. Yeah. Yeah. The character of the <laughs> film that Chris Farley's playing, not yeah. Chris Farley himself. Yeah. Yeah. Although, like, let's be honest, every movie Chris Farley's in, he's playing himself, and it well, works. Well, Beverly Hills Ninja, he's definitely playing a ninja. That's true, he, he does. From another it, land. This is also like that, this Coneheads film, Fish Out of Water. That's true, he's playing a fully two-dimensional character. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we oh, we oh, we oh. Himself oh. and the ninja. Is Chris Rock in this? Does he show up? Ooh, good. I don't think what so. I don't think so. Got? What we... I think Chris Rock's career came a little bit at. He was mm, like the '94, yeah. uh, the Bad Boys type era of SNL, which was like Adam Sandler, <clears throat> Chris Rock. Uh, some of the other people were already on there. Like Rob Schneider was already on there. Mm-hmm. David Spade was I feel already. Like Rob on Schneider's there. still on there. There's Rob Schneider in this movie though, making copies. Hmm. Singing Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> I like Tiny Elvis. Tiny, tiny Elvis. I like Tiny Elvis. That's a funny yeah. bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Anything else before they leave? I know John Lovitz. See, oh, Lovitz or Leavitz. John Lovitz might play the golfing buddy. Okay, it's either Phil Hartman or John Lovitz. Yeah. So I know just Jane Curtin stops Veldar from having that affair, and mm-hmm. they have like a fight, but they work it out. I know there's a scene where they where Connie eats a whole pizza in one bite. <laughs> oh God! And impresses Chris Farley. She's like. It's like a fast, she just opens, opens it's like up a super entire... fast motion scene where she like folds it up and just puts it in her mouth and it's gone. Got it. Okay. The power of filmmaking. Yeah. I think they kind of like <laughs> love certain things about American culture and they embrace them. Like I think they're really into television and like fast food and pizza. I think they eat like a lot. It's like yeah, a, like yeah. a thing that they do. Well, why wouldn't you? It's America. Mm-hmm. You got to go big. I think they even like start with like a tra- a trailer home. They start in a trailer home, but then up like having like a nice house. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, that sounds familiar. It's a little rags to riches, right? And uh, they built themselves up, water. and now they're kind of being like so quickly sucked away from that life. Yeah, back to where they were before, which I don't really know. Like, what? Well, let's their talk life... about that planet. Yeah, so let's go there. Let's so they get, get on it. the spaceship. Yeah. And uh, Veldar is like someone kind of big in this. Uh, yeah, he's important. He's he's like kind of like the right hand man, even though he's been gone for so long, or mm-hmm. he was that before. I'm guessing Coneheads lived like a long age, and it's just, I mean, he's probably going to be in that position for a long time. Yeah, and like immediately, like his first thing is that he has to kind of show like what he's learned or or what he's brought back from Earth. Yes, and he maybe he has like some trinkets or some music or something. Yeah, pizza. He and he 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 uh, shows them what uh, bubble gum is. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, he likes chewing bubble gum, but it's actually just condoms <laughs> that he's chewing. Yeah, yeah, and they're blowing <laughs> bubbles with them. But like the whole like crowd of people that are watching the end bit of the movie are all in the like chewing bubble gum. Yeah, 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 <laughs> chewing condoms. Ah. <laughs> and then, um, oh, there is that one song that he sings there. The um, Oh, Maybe shoot. that's a song in the car that is I can't it? remember. Is it? Um, oh, I know what it is now. It's, it's uh, what's the name? Soft Cell? Soft Cell? Um, Tainted Love. Tainted Love. Soft Cell. That's the Tainted song love. they sing in the car. Yeah. Tainted Love. Da, da, bum, bum, Tainted Love. I, I want to uh, run away from the pain you drive into the heart of me. The love we share. as veldar would say so why does he he kind of run out of or uh, go out of favor with the main guy so he either has to fight the giant monster at the end he has to he has to narf with the garfar (laughs) the garfar yeah i I don't know exactly the words but it's something kind of like that narf with the (laughs) garfar either to get home and go back to earth or it's like a punishment where, yeah. where he like defies It's a life and death thing. Like you know, he he's gonna either be killed by this thing or kill it. You know what might happen? Veldar might see that they're coming for them like earlier in the movie and then like break the device to say it's not working or something. Mm-hmm. So they might he might go against like orders. Maybe okay. maybe his he is even ordered to like destroy the earth and he just like refuses to do, do it. it. It's possible. Okay. I don't know if it gets to that extreme, but I could, I, there has to be some sort of punishment that he's has to go through because he fights the Garfar, mm-hmm. and he's wearing like a Zardoz style, <laughs> he is like, kinda... like white get up, like yeah, it's like a toga thing, like mm-hmm. a diaper, yeah, something <laughs> that Mad Max would wear, yeah. But he also has like a hockey stick, 
that he's like fashioning into a golf club. Yeah, he uses in it. quotes because mm-hmm. <laughs> he's really good at golf. We established back in on yes. planet Earth. He yes. just has like he's a crazy good a golf skill. score. Yeah. yeah, and he fights the Garfar. Which is like, uh, you see like Garfar vision. Is there like a little Garfar, like a baby Garfar that's like the fake out one? It's like, oh, I bet he can beat up that guy. And like Veldar's like, eh. And it's like, it's like, and then the Garfar, the real Garfar comes out and eats the other Garfar. And it's like, oh, no, that's the, that's the real Garfar. Oh, I, okay. I see what you're saying. Is there saying. a little fake out? Like it's out? a little trick, tricky. Yeah. Like what happens in Galaxy Quest? Well, because there's a couple people that are that have to fight the Garfar. Yeah, and there's get, like three or four people at off, they, off screen. Yeah, they get at like real fast. Yeah, it's, they have to sort of fight this monster in, in a American Gladiator style rock kinda, arena. Yeah, it's kind of Star Warsy mm-hmm. Return of the Jedi when uh, they're at Jabba the Jabba the Hutt's uh, layer and they get pushed down into that like lower level and they have to fight that monster. It's kind of like that. Yeah, the, and and two like he's. It's in an arena, sort of, and there's a bunch of giant rocks around them that you can kind of hide behind. Mm -hmm. And so... This monster reminds me of the monster from Howard the Duck. There's a monster in Howard the Duck? Oh my gosh, at the end of the movie, the overlords come down? I don't remember that. And they have to fight the overlords? Because Howard the Duck is is an alien. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's this, and it's a similar creature. It's like a, it's like a four or five or six legged giant beast monster with like a big dumb like like almost like a pit bull face yeah and yeah because it has like the two like uh giant teeth that mm-hmm. that come from the the bottom jaw up they like yeah something like that they spent money is what is kind of what i'm trying to lead to it's like it's like they, um, they either shot this scene first or last because they dumped money into trying to have an alien in their film this is like this really is out of the ordinary, is, and it's kind of like Jason the, uh, of the Argonauts. Stop motion. Yeah, what's that guy's name? Oh man, he was like the really director f- of it. No, the guy that did the uh, claymation. He was like yes. extremely uh, I famous. I know exactly he, who you're talking about. Yeah, and his name. And his name is. We will say right, right about uh, at this <laughs> spot. He did. A bunch of Skellington movies. Yeah. I know that Sam Raimi talks about him a lot in the Army of Darkness commentary. <laughs> oh, man. It's like kind of on the tip of my tongue. And it's very obvious that his Neil name is Jack or da- David, da- Damon, Doe. <laughs> Doe. Stuart, Stuart, Stuart. This is like that scene in Being John Malkovich when he's trying to guess her name and he just keeps going. Maxine. Yeah, so Maxine is doing does all those claymation. Yeah. But anyway, uh, uh, amazing stop motion. I don't know if it's as good in this movie as what that guy was oh, able no. able well, to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, you get Garfar Vision, which is like this red. <laughs> is, that it's his, like, is that his real name, the Garfar? Yeah. Well, okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well. Okay. I will say it is similar. They chant it's Garfar. Similar. The whole audience. Yeah. Like the whole arena is chanting at this creature. You name. must. Not for the Garfar! <laughs> is what the guy keeps saying. Yeah. 
And uh, it's kind of like he sees like a dog. Ray Harryhausen. There it is. <laughs> there it is. Ray Harryhausen. I wasn't looking. My phone isn't even in the room. I was just. Yeah, that guy. Out. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that took a lot to get out of me. <laughs> I, was, I was just like, there was a little brand inside my head. It was like going through file folders. Yeah, like, yeah. I know there. it's in here. <laughs> Where is it? A B C D E G H K Ray. Kevin Dorf Stride. Oh man, classic moments. <laughs> but he defeats the Garfar by golfing. Yeah, hits, he, hits he a rock. A, right he finds into a rock its, right into its mouth. And he takes a hockey puck, chokes and dies. Yep, and that thing is dead. And so he it, wins a wish or like a favor or something. He can he can get whatever he wants. Oh, is that what the prize was? Yeah, he grant he gets granted whatever yeah. he wants. And and they have to give it to him because that was the agreement. Yes. Either you die or you get this wish. And I think like he's potentially wanting to wish for his place back in society or things to go wrong. And Connie's kind of like already accepted it that she's he's just she's just gonna live without Chris Farley, but flips the table. They want to go back to Earth. Mm-hmm. Their wish is to go back home. Yeah. Which their new home, mm-hmm. yeah. And so, so they go back home and they live happily ever after. I think so. Does the movie just kind of like quickly wrap up right from there. I think Connie comes in the door and she has a baby. Oh. There's gonna be an alien conehead human baby made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. like zoom in on like. Dan Eckward. <laughs> Jane Curtin. <laughs> but they gotta be excited. Yeah. Maybe Jane Curtin's excited and Dan Eckward's not. They have a name for it too, like like Fanfan Rue for like Futurama. For there's like a, a way some, like some there's some way name. they say pregnancy or whatever, yeah. Yeah. But so they get to go back home, but like David Spade and Michael McKeon are like stuck, <laughs> yeah, on, this stuck planet. on the planet. And I remember Michael McKeon has this giant like neck brace thing collar. Like yeah, he's, he's like, gonna be a sex, he's like a slave. He's gonna be a sex slave. Yeah, yeah, and, no doubt. And, but David Spade has made it work for himself. Yeah, he's gonna be the right hand man to the guy because like maybe even that guy gets killed at some point during the Garfar fight. Like the uh, Doug McKenzie's right hand man and like David Spade just like oh, slides okay. right in he, he just like, takes over I'll do this job now he's kind of like that bald guy in Game of Thrones yeah. he's always like, <laughs> yeah. like pulling the strings in the background like that's kind of David Spade's character in this yeah. world now know of the doom awaiting this planet oh well as uh, as witnesses we believe that the end of the world is approaching and that only 144,000 people will be saved to reign i do not believe it will be that many i uh, know the bible clearly states 144,000 will be saved to reign that is a very optimistic estimate considering the primitive weapons the earth people will use for their defense some earth weapons are not so useless mabs drop it well uh when the time comes <laughs> No weapon of this earth shall avail mankind. Correct. Where are you people from? France. We come from France. But we are American citizens. No. Do you have proof? Proof? <laughs> I'm going over to Christina's. She's going to give me a ride to the dance, so um, I'll see you there. All right. I take it your daughter was born here. Yes. She is native to your planet. 
Country. Et vous le parlez encore ici en Amérique Oui, absolument. Mais c'est difficile à pratiquer dans cette ville. Il n'y a pas beaucoup de Français continentaux ici à New Jersey. Et vous aussi Oui, j'en parle souvent avec mes amis francophones. Welcome back to the podcast. We watched. <laughs> That's what it felt like. <laughs> we watched this together. We did, you and I. Yeah. We were it's, holding it's a hands, rarity. even. Mm, I don't think that was. We touched cones a few times. But we ever... <laughs> touched cones? Of course. Right. Well, because you gotta you gotta put on that wreath, yeah, on that cone. Mm-hmm. Only the or to feel the only energy. one person has to put the wreath on, though. Yeah. So how does Chris Farley right? feel it? Oh no, they both put the wreaths on. Oh, he put the he did. Oh, what are the did. are the wreaths? Uh, Is that the Christmas ornament? Stimulant? Are they like a Viagra? Conehead Viagra? Yeah, maybe it's like pine because mm. it's a pine cone. Oh, <laughs> pine cone head. <laughs> I just thought of that just now, like yeah. literally as I was saying it. Though. I don't think it happened. I know that, is that a thing. So and um, I don't even know to, to begin with this movie. So I was going to just start okay. with random thoughts. Let's start off with the fact. <laughs> let me that say, this, let me okay, say one you more. You got to say one more that. thing before we There's really the, say it. So uh, Valdar Conehead is a good at driving. That's his thing. He's he's, he's a driving. He's instructor. a cabbie or he's a driving instructor. Instructor. He yeah. evolves at in his life through driving. There's a part where he's teaching Jan Hooks, who you didn't know how to drive, uh-huh. and they hit they hit some cones on the way. Was yeah. there a moment where he like screamed in pain when it, when a cone got hit? Because that was a did missed opportunity happen? if it didn't happen. <laughs> I don't think that happened. No. <laughs> no, not? because either I remember you saying that that should have happened, yeah. or I thought that as well. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't happen. but No, because that cone just got stuck in the tire, and it just kept going around. Yeah, there's, there was a missed opportunity. For, the one joke they didn't attempt to do, they skipped up. Or on. maybe it was like the most understated joke in the world yeah we were just supposed to get it yeah okay go ahead with your thought what do you want to where do you want to go well i wanted to go with right up front saying that this movie has barely any plot to it (laughs) (laughs) there's things that happen okay there's things that happen but they're all and okay no i should say i should take that back because it's not really plot it has no character motivation or Mm -hmm. character arc no chris farley a little bit yeah, yeah, but the characters cannot do anything about the predicament no. that they're in. And in classic what we remember fashion, we gave reasoning for character growth in our part one, saying like this has to happen. Yeah, and then it just didn't happen. We thought more specifically like Jane Curtin getting mad at Valdar for like cheating on her never never happened. It didn't even happen the way we remember. Not even a little a bit. A friend just tried to convince her Yes. And then that she sees, he was cheating with Jan Hook. And then she sees Jan Hooks in a grocery store and they have they exchange dirty looks and that's the end of that. That yeah. storyline is dropped. There's never a moment where Veldar and her are hooking up in <laughs> somebody's house or a love shack and Jane Curtin has to go stop it. Nothing. And actually what it Not did a- <laughs> this is kind of weird because like yeah they saw each other in the grocery store and they gave a look there was no emotion behind it but it made and what's what's Veldar's wife's name Jane Curtin but her real name is Primat Primat Mhm Oh my god I don't even want to say that Nobody could remember it there's no, no way Okay so Jane Curtin in response in the next scene puts on a wig and lingerie yeah. and roses in the apartment cuz she wants to hook up mm-hmm. with Veldar Yeah so it's like it's not even a story. It's just like a sequence of events, right? That have happened. So there's a lot of that in this movie. 
So uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone recently gave an interview to some college course, and they were talking up uh, the powers of but and therefore in, yeah. in screenwriting. Yeah, I know about this for sure. Yeah, you know about yeah, it. Yeah, this is good. But but so that's a way to like give problems to people or further story. So this 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 happens, but. And then, like, we have a problem. We have something that character mm-hmm. has to overcome. Or we have a this, this, this happens, therefore, because that happened, this has to happen. Right. But in Coneheads, <laughs> they do ands. Right. So you, ands are <laughs> the way to not write a screenplay. It just means, it means <laughs> one character goes to the grocery store and eyes a girl that someone put in her head that is cheating with her husband. Mm-hmm. And... Then she, she goes she has home. Sex with him in the next scene. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, way, the way to do that correctly is to is to go Jane or uh, the gets idea gets put in her head that Valdar might be cheating on her. Therefore, Jane Curtin goes to spy on on yep. the lady. But Val like Valdar ends up being like a good guy in the end. Yeah. There has to be. There's not or like, like <laughs> but he catches her like prying too yes, much like yeah. there's got to be some consequences even to this yeah a problem with a consequence is something that yeah. should be basic screenwriting yeah conehead story chose to ignore it and just started to and through the whole film now we've had a week to think about this and i was <laughs> thinking about why would they do that why would they write it that way and my only conclusion is that I've never seen any Conehead skits on SNL, and so I don't know if they're just reiterating some skits and lengthening some skits that happened on the show when there were those characters. Possibly. Did you ever see any Conehead skits? I did. And it's usually just them being awkward at parties <laughs> or being like good at stuff and then like humans interacting with them kind of goofy. There is a Connie Conehead in the skits, and she shows up in the movie. I forget what character she plays. She's uh, Lori Newman, I think, is Connie Conehead, I believe, in the in the skits. Who is she in the movie? Because she does have a cameo. That was like the one thing I read in like trivia, but I couldn't figure it out. Maybe she's in the background of yeah. one of the uh, the at the end of the film where they go to Conehadia, <coughs> which I already forgot the name of it. You know what? I think you're right. I think she was one of the mm-hmm. ladies, Lady Coneheads, Lady Conehead. But this movie just ands, 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 ands. This is this mm-hmm. what happened. Sinbad though, Give Sinbad him some was in it. Screen time. I'm gonna slip him some fives because he was good. <laughs> yeah, he was good. So he, he played really like funny. a. He played played like a. He's Veldar's first boss. Yeah, he owned just like a refrigerator appliance store mm-hmm. type shop where people brought their broken radios and stuff. Yeah, because Veldar knew how to fix everything. Yeah, like, that's his he was one great talent. At it. Mm-hmm. Like he. So the problem in the story, which we did talk about, is that <laughs> they kind of crash land on Earth, and then they can't get back nope. to their ship because of time travel and distance and light the years and whatever. So they're like, we'll be there in 30 years to pick you up. And they're like, 30 years? So the plot is just like, all right, let's see them hang out, on hang Earth. out for 30 years <laughs> but <we'll laughs> until do the time- ending of the plot. <laughs> but we do a time lapse. We see maybe like a few years of, of life yeah. before Connie's born. Like I think You they... see a lot of buildup to it, which is yeah. weird because I remember the movie always starting, starting there. there. Mm-hmm. He, she's giving birth to no. their daughter. They're first running from the INS. Yeah, which is like a constant mm-hmm. thing. So Sinbad ends up getting Veldar, like, paperwork. $8,000. <laughs> this is the best week I've ever had. And there's 1200 for you, Beldar. Thank you. 
<laughs> By the way, Beldar, you still haven't given me your social security number. Yep, because he needs a social security the card. The Chico. To, to <laughs> yeah, what was it like? Johnny. Johnny. I thought it was something with a D. I thought it was D to Chico or something. David. Yeah. Something like that. And who gives it to him? Adam Sandler. Mm hmm. So here's my theory of how this, why this movie exists. <laughs> Go for and it. And I feel like Adam Sandler being in this movie and then later making schlock films like Jack and Jill. Yeah. And. and just, Grown up, first date. Any movie where he's just hanging out with his buddies. Mm -hmm. Coneheads feels like a hanging out with your buddies film. Yeah. There's about 15 to 20 other SNL cast members. Lauren Michaels is producing the thing. Mm -hmm. He's going to be like, hey guys, we're going on summer break. How about you come do a cameo in this movie, get a paycheck in favor of being on my show, get a little bit of extra money. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm saying it's a and little bit of that, money you, laundering you put, kind of thing happening here in this yeah, film. It's it's definitely like a SNL cast member laundering. It's yes, like yes, yes, it's like, yes. Hey guys, we're about to make a lot of money off of an off of our second ever SNL movie. Let's throw all of our like new mm-hmm. guys in there, and then they'll be like, "Oh, okay, now we can just go watch them in the next season of SNL." Yes. It's it's just this is it's just advertising branding. for Saturday Night Live. This is just advertisement. Yeah, and maybe they wrote it that way. I don't know because <laughs> they didn't write it. No, so many cameos. We got the Phil Hartman's right. Conan O'Brien, I guess, was in it but got cut. He was a writer in SNL. Sure. Ellen yeah. Cleghorn in it but got cut. John Lovitz was there. Yeah, he played the dentist. <laughs> he did. Did I see uh, Tracy Meadows? Yes, he was. He was one of the. Coneheads? Conehead guy? Well, Maybe I been. might be making that up. He was in there for a hot second. Garrett Morris, who was mm-hmm. original He was for sure SNL. a Conehead guy. Yep, he was a Conehead guy. And then you had Pat. I forgot. You said her name. Yeah, it's a... Uh, What's her uh, name? What's her real name? Julie Sweeney. That's Julia right. Sweeney. She's in it. She plays sort of like a friend of uh, uh, the moms at like the swim meet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Ellen DeGeneres. Yeah, she had a she had a small part in It's her there. first film. It's oh, was it? her first film credit, yeah. Wow, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. She had a very small part. There's nothing to even really say. It was so small. <laughs> it was so small. <laughs> it was the smallest. She's, she's not even looking at the camera. It's like side profile. There are so many cameos. If you like compare the screen Parker time, Posey. Oh, she was a friend. Joey Lauren Adams, which you called. I called it because I heard yeah. her voice. You really don't get a good look at these two girls no, that are Connie's don't. friends. No, they're sitting but, in the back of a taxi. But there's just so many movies where it's just like, come on set, get a paycheck, mm-hmm. call it a day, don't worry about what this movie's about, mm-hmm. and move on with your life. <laughs> yeah, the movie like jumps to different areas, too. It's like in New York City for a long time. Yeah, they land in, they it, crash land in New York, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I don't know why I'm playing with this. Sorry. Yeah, just making noise in the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I had to burp too. <laughs> Maybe I was stalling for burp. <laughs> Keep this. Um, yeah, but then like they end up in the suburbs, which felt like, like I don't Chicago? know, like, the suburbs Chicago. of Chicago or, or the something. suburbs or of New suburb, York, anywhere suburbs USA. Yeah, North Upstate New York. <laughs> yeah, it just became Plain Town. Veldar's mm-hmm. making some bank, working as a cabbie. He can yeah. hide his big fat cone head inside a turban. of a turban. Yeah. And they're saving up money to move out into a home. Yep. Before Jane Curtin gives pregnant, gives a birth. <laughs> and, but in this whole scene, she gives birth. And right when we were done with a podcast, I remembered this birthing scene. Oh, yeah. You know how insane it is? <laughs> <laughs> there's, about, there's a room full of pretty much everyone we've seen so far in the film. Sinbad, 
and another one of Veldar's friends from the cab agency is like in their in the background of this scene. Oh, Jay, they are. Okay. Jane Curtin is screaming and cussing, just like grabbing Veldar's hand, and like the whole room is like shaking. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. Like, the camera's like just like wild. It's like a tornado movie. <laughs> like an overhead shot, like a crane shot above the pregnancy table, like moving yeah. around. It's just like so scary. Of, like, it's what's like going on. it's like intensifying all the emotions of what it feels like to give birth. Yes. I guess nothing to this. Childbirth is a simple, gentle act of nature. Yeah, you just take care of Primat. We'll get plenty of good pictures. I hate you, Feldar. I hate you. Would you like to cut the umbilical cord, Mr. Conehead? <laughs> Apparently it's just like a thousand times worse if you're a cone, yeah. conehead to give birth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, the baby comes out, everything. It definitely filtered my view of what pregnancy was for <laughs> yeah, a long time. Because, yeah, yeah. and this might, be, this might be telling too much, but I remember when my cousin was, just gave birth, and I was like a teenager, I was like, were you like really angry and screaming and swearing and all that stuff? And she was like, no, I was on drugs <laughs> the entire time. I was high AF, dog. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh, that's well, not that how. doesn't sound bad. That ain't how they did it in Coneheads. <laughs> you, you didn't have a cone. Did you bite through your umbilical cord? Oh, and that's a, uh, they didn't even show it really. No, they which I, I thought they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just show the doctor's reaction. <laughs> which is yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Should have just laid an egg. That would have been my way out. You think they were like an egg-ling people? (laughs) It feels like a little little cone egg. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And then we get the montage where we think the movie starts, but there was like, this is like 30 minutes in already. Oh my God. Yeah. And then then the rest of the movie happens, guys. Yeah. (laughs) Guys. Guys. Listen up. Listen up. Perk up those ears because we're about to fill them (laughs) with some. The thing is, though, it is crap. Because the thing is. We didn't misremember it. Mm-mm. There was just nothing to remember until no. the third act happened. Yeah. Like, that's really the movie. The movie's a waste of time until that ship comes to pick him yeah, up. Yeah, you're just waiting. And and the movie, we should say, this is a solid 90-minute movie, and they struggle to make it 90. Yes. This is like a big big green type situation. Mm. Could call. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I have to know. <laughs> I don't, I don't think you a, know. There's a little bit of a conehead laugh there. Yeah, 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 yeah. What about those chompers? Uh, they were nice. He got them shaved down. He did, which was the reason that it was a problem. Yeah. And that's why he had that's to... That's the big issue at the end of the film. That's why he had to what? With... Narf with the Garthok? 
Garthok. Yeah, you got the last one right. I couldn't mm. remember it. Yeah. Garf with the Garthok. <laughs> Which I will say, I had it pretty damn close. You were. I. I think you counts. It does. I think it counts as full points. You know what? I'm counting it. Mm, 100% on your quiz for okay. narf gar- narfing the Garthok. <laughs> narfing the Garthok. <laughs> I think I'm willing to say it a little bit more now, now that I know it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, besides what? I don't think we really missed anything. No. But we just there were just elements that we had like fabricated to fill the plot holes, which I guess you if you don't have a plot, you don't have holes. Yeah. Well, just like, yeah ooh, is that that's <laughs> is, a, is that the trick? That's that's a paradox. That's a paradox. It's like a piece of Swiss cheese without the holes in it. It's like is yeah. this really Swiss? When you see one of those, you're like, you're not Swiss cheese. <laughs> what are you doing? Jeez, get those holes back in you. I'm trying to pass off as Swiss. You're no. not gonna be able to. Dog. Put those holes back in you. Yeah. And they're like, we don't even ha- we don't even have a floor that we can lay this script down. We have a tightrope. We're gonna try and tightrope this script across it. Yeah, and well. it's gonna fall off. What's uh, what's anybody doing in this film? We had Veldar golfing. He uh, oh yeah, I mean of course because mm-hmm. it comes back later. Yeah, that's like it's kind of like what he's shoo-in. doing. Yeah, that's but like. What is Jane Curtin doing? She's just around the house all day, not yeah, really doing anything. Yeah, she's gabbing with that one lady who's like trying to convince her that her so husband's cheating on her. So underwritten, that character. Connie's doing something. She's like dealing with like relationships of like a human yeah. and an alien in a way, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Like the story is literally like an immigrant story in a way, oh. but like from the alien's perspective. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, it's like an American story, like. A family comes to America. They have a child who like grows up in two different cultures. Like that's all that this story is exactly. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that probably has conflict in it. I, and I'm saying that because like she, <laughs> the immigrant story. No, 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 right. I'm saying that because she has more of a story than her parents do. Oh, but the emphasis is on her parents. See, this is the problem. This that's is the, the problem. This is the big, big problem. She, her, her daughter, their daughter is the story. And I, good, good thing you reminded to say that because there is going to be a what we rewrite after this. <laughs> okay, we're going to try to save Coneheads. Oh, we we could. <laughs> well, I mean, like literally, if we just added one thing, we would have saved. It. <laughs> <laughs> we just, if literally just made the plot about Connie. Yeah. I'm trying to think about anything else anything that else? happened. No, we I just mean, have we it kind all of right. Like Michael McKeon the and The INS Spade. shows up like three times. There's yeah. a small subplot of uh, Kevin Nealon is like on some sort of board of directors and he's mad at Michael McKean for, for wasting a bunch of money. money on SWAT teams on, against No, he's overspending DeChico. money on DeChico. Yeah, because DeChico had, had been passed around for like 12 different times. Right, right, right. Veldar's identity around. is this guy, DeChico, mm-hmm. that he just takes his social security number. Yes. And so now he's a U.S. citizen. But like he's on people like have a, used a, this a numerous times. of some kind. And that's why they... That's why they started. The INS started following the Coneheads mm-hmm. is because they're like, "Oh, the DeChico guy's back again." But they immediately Someone's stop following it. the Coneheads when Michael McKean gets a promotion, and he's like, "Oh, let the next guy, next guy, deal with it." It's like, "Okay, you write yourself out of this problem for like a little bit of the movie." Oh, really? I thought he was still interested. There was a one-off line that happens <laughs> in New York uh, after they don't they fail to get him. They pick up his friend instead out of the cab, and then during that scenario, David Spade comes by with this, "Oh, let me take that for him." And it's mm. a, like a piece of paper saying that his promotion came through. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So th- that that just I didn't gets know ignored. What the promotion for, was exactly mm-hmm. like he still felt like he was kind of doing the same job. Well, he got fifteen hundred dollars extra a year, dog. 
mean? That one, big, okay. big money. I mean, he just got a salary boost. He didn't really, <laughs> did he get a promotion? Yeah. I, I, okay. He said, let the next guy deal did with it. Did they even write that? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like I don't it's know. Questionable. Out of the one thing to like try to <laughs> to fill or like justify, that's the one you choose for this film. Yeah, it's it did it doesn't even add up in my head. The audience are gonna be like, "Where's Michael McKean during all this?" Okay, let's go back and shoot this scene saying he got a promotion. It's like okay, that's fine. Oh, then, like, I see what you're saying. Like that because like it's thirty years. Yeah, but they start following them pretty quickly. Yeah, well, there's, got a, that there's a thirty security card gap. like really fast. Yeah, so it's like you you are or you are not following this guy for thirty years. I think you said it while watching the movie. It's three movies in one. <clears throat> yeah, it's three movies. Did in I one. say that? I f- I thought you did during the film. Because it's the INS stuff in the beginning, which is Coney and Velar. Yeah. Then it's the kid growing up, and then it's the stuff out at the end of the film on With, the Coney. Yeah, planet. back in space. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like, that's a that's a solid sequence of, mm-hmm. of events. Very obvious, like, it's three It's like the INS stuff happens, and then it kind of just, like, there's no they forget about it, because they're now raising their daughter. Yeah. And then, like, it kind of comes back in the end to, like, Fill in the gaps of like, okay, the stakes are back. The threads <laughs> holding everything together are yeah. so loose. Yeah. They happen in one and like a little bit into two, but then like one falls away and two goes. And then one comes back at like the third act and Michael McKean and David Spade get up to the mothership with them. Yeah. Just by holding onto a car. You can just hold on for dear life and Michael McKean. If that got spaceship their, is coming. He's got a. Are you holding onto that car? He's got such. He's got kung fu grip. He's got. He's holding on yeah. to just, just the hood of a car. Yeah. And I was going to say, like, you know, you'd think it's more per- more weight having another person, like, mm-hmm. weighing you down, holding onto your shoes, but it's David Spade, so it's okay. Yeah, Chris Farley <laughs> screws up, tries to get fresh with Connie. This is the, one of my favorite scenes in the film is because of the very end of it. Dan Aykroyd gets mad when he hears about it, rips open the roof of Chris Farley's hood, like, car, yeah. screams at him, and then, like, shuts the roof again. And then, and then Chris, Chris Farley's, Farley's like, like, have a good night, Mr. Conehead. Yeah. Thanks, Mr. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks, Mr. Conehead. Yeah. And then he, like, keeps on, like, following him. He's like, shows up as a caddy at the golf range, like, bugging Veldar. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, like, the only, like, funny moments. Yeah. Of, of like, it, what is it, like, a... Guess who's coming to dinner? I guess kind of situation or yeah, exactly. Because mm-hmm. it's like it's it's st- like everything You're not right about for my this daughter, feels but more you are. human yeah. than alien. And then Chris Farley ends up saving the day because he rides out of the garage to give them time to get away. Yeah, Chris yeah. Farley, and then they come back and uh, at the end they do they time. do and i i didn't remember that but they mm-hmm. wrap it up by um once he once he nars with the gartha yeah Gar- there's nothing really to talk about with that whole sequence no it just happens mm-hmm. everyone knows it yeah <laughs> everyone's seen this everyone's film. seen that part except for all of the terrible makeup audience <laughs> like the, the slapdash conehead masks oh my god <laughs> if you want to go audience? back and see something hilarious <laughs> Look at the audience in the Conehead, <laughs> Narf with the Garthok scene. There's a lot of masks, oh. a lot of fake people on sticks. Yeah. <laughs> they're either sticks or they're blow-up dolls or <laughs> there was a inflatable. Dolls. I don't know. There yeah, because was... their their eyes were void of anything. Yeah. It was just empty black There's space. Too much... <laughs> I was like, you didn't <laughs> put eyes in this members. mask? That's scary. <laughs> it was frightening. It was really scary. <laughs> I was <laughs> like, why are there real people and fake people? <laughs> 
Just use the real people. <laughs> they were there that day. Use them. Yeah. You don't, like, come on. You don't yeah. have to make this a gladiator scene. <laughs> and there was another part in the movie before we get to the end with, like, too many extras. And it's when Dan Aykroyd is putting on the fireworks show for the school. Like, Connie's like, oh, and the, oh, yeah. before the football game, build their coneheads in charge of the fireworks. And yeah. they have, like, an audience, like, just full of people. Yep. It's a crowded high school. He shoots up a single little firework. It's like, poof. Goes up in the sky and explodes into a supernova, which I completely forgot, but it's like the iconic scene of the yeah, movie. Yeah, Because it just blows everyone's hair back, and it's like a, the crowd is just stunned silence until they erupt into applause. Pretty cheap, Bonehead. Yeah, and I like that scene a little bit. <laughs> There's the a problem, payoff. There's a payoff. There's a payoff. Yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's funny. The problem is, is that it's like it's one good scene amongst a sea of just crap, <laughs> yeah. and so it like really brings even that scene down. There's also no buildup to the scene. <laughs> right, like if, like if there was a moment where like Veldar was like, "I don't want to go do this firework thing," right? Like you I'll show them. That doesn't happen. The audience didn't even know it was there's a no thing more, that was about no to happen. Therefores. It's there's, just like, it's oh, now we're at a football scene. Oh. What is he? Why is he in control of the fireworks? <laughs> Good. Uh, uh, I, okay. Mm-hmm. The okay. payoff comes when Jul- Julia Sweeney. Did I have it right then? Mm-hmm. I'm saying her name wrong. Yeah, Julia Sweeney. She meets uh, Primat at a grocery store, and she's like sunburned from the firework. Like her oh. face is like bright red. Oh, I didn't even notice that. <laughs> yeah, because she says to her, uh, "You know about that PA uh, the." What's PSA? What am I trying to say? PTA committee meeting we're going to have? Uh, don't have Veldar make the food for us. We're going to oh. take a pass. Oh, okay. It was probably one scene that I like <laughs> mm-hmm. missed. Yeah. It was like the one, like... She didn't, it was oh, the she one didn't really have a part either. Primat, Julia Sweeney? Yeah. Yeah, she's out the movie after that point. Yeah. <laughs> she's like just this They're killing off people woman. like yeah. left and right gotta, this. The people got cut out it's of this It's like, film. hey, you're in this scene. All right, you're done. <laughs> Like I've been here for thirty minutes. They just like they just wrote a bunch of sketches and tried to tie them together, and that's not. That's how you kind make of the movie. problem with SNL. Ooh, it is. It's like wow. You that's you, a statement and a half. You can't really translate this to an hour and a half long movie. Tell that to Wayne's World, my friend. Okay, okay. I will admit though that Mike Myers is a good writer and he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he's not a, everybody he's a is a good guy. writer for film. He also but you ca- could be a good cared. writer for a skit. I feel like Dan Eckert just didn't care. Like, no one who made this it's cared. It's too late. Yeah. yeah, it's too late to care. The, the film's already going. We can't. He would have made this with John Landis in, like, 1979 mm-hmm. instead of doing, like, 1941 or whatever that movie was. The budget's made. The schedule's it happening. It would have worked. We can't rewrite the People would have been like, Coneheads, that movie's, like, 50 years old. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's called Dan Eckert. You can see his take on this whole thing. 
I want to know the behind-the-scenes process of yeah. the making of Coneheads. Yeah. How slapdash was the writing process? Oh, my God. How much, yeah, how much drugs were you guys doing? All of them. Or, or did you stop doing the drugs, and that's why we got this? Yeah, it's probably. <laughs> that, that, that 80s hangover of the war yeah, on drugs. Yeah. Oh, like I guess I'm drugs are bad. That's a bummer. Head. But we were doing all that coke. It was so fun. Yeah, life used to be better. <laughs> we didn't war. even like take off in the 90s yet. There was, it was so dry. We couldn't give anybody anything. Wait, did you say we didn't take off until the 90s? It didn't, it didn't feel like it. Maybe, I was I mean, maybe, kid, maybe but... it had its, like, well, it probably, like, phased out a little bit in the 80s but like we was pretty big and you think so the 60s I don't and 70s I don't, for but sure i don't remember it in the Pop 90s like i don't remember i think lsd I might be the, the only 90s. like drug that i can get out from the 90s <laughs> ecstasy maybe yeah like party drugs or like the meth? the heyday of meth, the 90s maybe like it gets into like some crazy drugs in yeah. the 90s like pcp we started to chemically engineer all these <laughs> wacky drugs yeah yeah like I mean, but, like, the 80s got crack. (laughs) (laughs) And crack don't crack. (laughs) Crack don't crack. No, don't do crack. Ever. The the movie ends with Dan Aykroyd and Primat and Connie all hanging out by the river. Oh, right, because? um, Veldar gets the one wish at the end, which I called, and it was to go back and conquer the humans. So there's a fleet of Conehead Starship cruisers that go in. Veldar leads the charge. Mm-hmm. He claims that the humans have lasers and they're attacking back, and that the he says like, "Run protocol six three one or whatever." And yeah, that's just like the most dangerous protocol you can call. And it just means scatter, get mm-hmm. a, get out of there. And I think Tim Meadows is one of those guys up. You in think that so? Ship. Yeah, but, I saw. I'm pretty sure I saw his face. And then he, uh, so he tells everyone to leave. He self destructs his cone head ship. It goes up and explodes. And they're like essentially have given their life in transmission. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're and just now, gonna hang out on Earth because he loves Connie. And in return, he brings Michael McKeon back. Yes. In order to get a, a green card. Yeah, he gets all all the green cards in the world. Mm-hmm. And so now he's a U.S. citizen. Yes. So I mean, it wraps up in like a happy way. Yeah. Because they wanted. I'd like to see how their life is now. Because twenty throughout years the story, from now. like they're telling Connie, like you need to be a, a conehead and you can't do this and that and you can't have piercings and it's like kind of like dumb stuff it's like teenager stuff but this is the one thing that they do for her in return because she wants to be back with chris farley yeah on planet earth and she, she doesn't realize how relationships are so volatile at that <laughs> exactly, age because chris like farley's six, gonna, 17 or 18 chris farley's gonna get real they're gonna get real tired of each other in a couple of years mm-hmm. and then i don't even know what kind of life they're gonna have yeah, i guess they become millionaires they like figure out economy Maybe they do start to slowly conquer the humans, and become maybe Valdar becomes president. I don't even know what like the end goal. Of the yeah, Coneheads well, he's an alien, so he can't become president. Can be. but... Well, he has a green card. No, you have to be a U.S. born citizen oh, to be the president. Well, Connie can do it then. Connie could be the president. Okay, well, but Valdar could probably be like a really good engineer of something. Like he could probably like he could be a Steve Jobs. That, like, stops climate change. He can or bring something. technology back from the Conehead universe. Let's save that for the rewrite. Oh, save it. <laughs> Put a pin in it. Thanks for joining us on this special episode. Special because we're never going to see this movie again. (laughs) No. That is a fact. Thanks for joining us on that episode. And be sure to join us on our next episode with a movie that has the tagline, Yesterday, Josh wanted everything in life. Girls, money, cars. Today, all his wildest dreams have come true. We remember... 
big. For Josh Baskin, life was a little unfair. Until he made a little wish. I wish I were big. Sweetheart, it's 7.30, are you up? Josh! 20th Century Fox presents... Tom Hanks. Big. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. So now what? You get a job. Cannot get a job. I play with all of this stuff, and then I tell them what I think. Can they pay you for that? Suckers! Vice President, he's only been here a week. See that girl over there in the red? She'll wrap her legs around you so tight, you'll be begging for mercy. Well, I'll stay away from her, then. I loved your ideas on the squeezy doll line. Thanks. <laughs> What were you like when you were younger? Go oh, well, I wasn't much different. Who are you? I'm his girlfriend. I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over? Yeah. Okay. But I get to be on top. What is so special about Baskin? He's a grown-up. How do I feel about what? How do you, how do you feel about me? You're only young once. This is important! I'm your best friend. What's more important than that, huh? But for Josh... I miss my family, Susan, and I want to go home. Oh, my God, you're married! It just might last a lifetime. You'll never forget Tom Hanks. It's Beluga. 